Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Welcome. Welcome to On The Mark. I'm not certain. Are you hearing me over there? Okay, I'm not hearing myself on my headphones. All right, there we go. That's it. Amazing. It works when you turn the volume up. Uh, with me this morning is Carrie Albright because Mark Lawrence is going to some leadership seminar. Carrie, good morning. Welcome aboard. Good morning, Joe. Thank you. And we got, uh, We. got. I'm sure We. Carrie and I are going to disagree on the topic of the day, which is probably still going to be the leaked Supreme Court uh, draft opinion that came out or that was leaked over the uh, past couple days and on the possibility of overturning Roe versus Wade. The program uh, today, the phones are working, so those of you who wanted to call in yesterday and just couldn't get through, try it today. 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com, and we invite your calls on the program. As I said, it's an open phones day, but I suspect the majority of people are going to want to talk about that uh, leaked Supreme Court opinion. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, North 4th Street in Sunbury, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Find out more about them at www.sunburymotors.com. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, where they specialize in all types of service on vehicle, state inspection, and nitrogen for tires. And they're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. You can find them on the web at www.sunburymotors.com. Check out their online specials, and you can build a Ford, build a Ford car or truck to your specifications. Click on a coupon for the Works Fuel Saver package. The Sunbury Motor Company sells Ford, Hyundai, and Kia cars. They are the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks. And add to that the fact that they're a master towing service with decades of experience. So, Carrie, the leaked Supreme Court opinion, um, you know, first of all, I think it's a tragedy that it was leaked at all. Um, there are all schools of thought. This morning I was watching uh, Morning Joe for a bit, and they came up. They had a, a panelist on, a male panelist, who came up and said that he believed the leak was done by conservatives in order to put pressure on uh, Justice Roberts or Chief Justice Roberts or uh, on Neil Gorsuch. And then they had a female on the same panel, who obviously it's something that Joe didn't like. Uh, he, she said that she believed, that keep it simple, that it was probably a inflation liberal on one of the staffs of the judges who leaked the report. But be that as it may, the report says something that I know you aren't going to like, and that is that they might overturn Roe v. Wade. And I said to you earlier, and I said this yesterday, I think this issue is very much like slavery in that there are so many inflamed opinions on both sides, we're never likely to reach a compromise. My feeling was that if we can't figure out how to live with one another, what are we ever going to do with this issue? Well, I, I disagree it's like slavery because slavery is owning people. And I think what you're struggling no, with, I'm Joe... No, I meant the argument. Well, okay. Um, I think what we're all struggling with is something, um, coming up with something analogous to a woman having a child and then 
having to bear the brunt of what that means in life. Uh, men, you know, research shows men are more libidinous. They think more about sex. Um, and, you know, yet women are saddled then with the ultimate consequence of sex unplanned and an unplanned pregnancy. But it does you take know, two to tango you know, the last it time it, I does, saw Joe, it. Joe, it does not matter. If men had babies, this wouldn't even be a topic for discussion. Um, 20, nearly 25% of children are living in fatherless homes. And that is a pipeline to disaster. That is, you know, more um, rapists are from fatherless homes. Uh, more children living in poverty are from fatherless homes. So, you know, I can't, I mean, I thought a lot about this, obviously, in different angles to argue this, but, you know, why don't we look upon a homeless man or uh, a drug-addicted teen with the same, you know, grace and concern and compassion as we do an unborn fetus. It makes no sense that we've got human beings walking our earth in miserable, sometimes in miserable existences, but yet we don't have the same compassion as a world. And even look at countries with the same compassion well, as we're making, You're making talking. an argument for euthanasia. Uh, I, Miserable I, I, people I, roaming the I, earth? Should am, they be put listen, out of their misery? I am not against euthanasia. If that's what you want to do for your with your own life, I'm, I'm for that. I'm all for those assisted suicide places. But, Joe, it's just it's just unconscionable that we would even be arguing about this in this day and age. Um, we have too many unwanted children in the world now. Uh, people that are for um, pro, our pro-life are not mm-hmm. adopting those children. Um People that are ill-equipped to raise children are having those children. Um, this is a ridiculous, a ridiculous argument that we're we're having now. What this, about this the time and age. what about the faith argument? I don't. It, faith, many, has not, faith has nothing to do with. But the, if you believe that taking and, and I, I said I, you your would, belief <laughs> should not impact my body and my choices. Okay. Well, yesterday President Biden, and it's going to be another cleanup on Al Six issue, I'm sure, uh, was asked about the leak uh, as he was leaving for somewhere, and he referred to a boy a child. Now, the Democrats don't like that. They want to use the word you used, fetus. But Joe Biden yesterday said aborting a child. Now, if you believe that that is a child in the womb and you're actually taking a human life, are you not? Um, it, no. It depends on the stage of development. Um, there are things that are alive the minute two cells meet up. Um, it doesn't mean that that child, th- that that fetus, is a uh, sustainable, you know, object outside the womb. Um, you know, and, and you know, there are, you know, I think about, you know, the libidinous, ar- the libidinous man argument, the rapist argument. I mean, some of these states are outlawing rape under any circum, or any abortion under any circumstances. Um, well, it is uh, we, just- we'll agree on that. I think that's wrong. I think there are. Are circumstances under which you have to permit abortion. But I agree with Bill Clinton, one of your left-wing icons, who said not my, my abortion should be safe, rare, and legal. I do agree with that. I do agree with that. I think that it should be a thoughtful a decision. I think that um, it's ultimately a woman's choice. I think, and I, I struggle to come up with something analogous to a woman carrying a child for eight or nine months, seven months, whatever, whenever it's born, and then having to feel responsible and be responsible. There is no nothing. You can't say, oh, it's like making a dog keep a, a, a man keep a small puppy for the rest of its life, because a puppy's not the same thing. It could kind of take care of itself every once in a while. A child is completely dependent, completely dependent upon Well, at least uh, for the adult. first few years. 
It, not forever. No. Th- does it matter? When she, those first few years are the most important, Joe, and those first few years can make or break a lifetime. But, but I'm, I'm, your, your argument kind of gets me, throws me off, off base because you're basically what you're saying is that uh, men are responsible for this because they're so libidinous and the women are just willing that. vessels to, and who don't participate and bear no responsibility for the outcome. I did not say that. Oh, I'm, I'm saying absolutely they, they, they bear equal responsibility for the outcome, but that's the problem. It's not shared equally because when a woman, a woman by you know, ultimately she's the one that has to have the baby, and she's the one that ultimately probably will bond most quickly with the baby. Right. And it's very easy for fathers to take off, and in fact, nearly twenty four point seven percent of them do take off out of the child's life, never to be seen again. But what about all the families that would lovingly adopt a child? No, there's not enough of them. There's not enough of them, and frankly, there's a lot of babies being well, born. Well, see, I would disagree with you on that because I have two adopted grandchildren, and I know how much my wife or my my son and daughter-in-law tried to adopt. They got the first, our, our oldest grandson, 13 years ago, and then for 13 years they tried to get a second child, and they did everything they could. They applied to multiple agencies. Finally, right as they were about to age out of the program, another young woman picked them for uh, to receive her child. Okay. So I mean, as far as as I'm concerned, there are a lot of there's a lot of need for children out there from families who would give them love and there there and are a, a lot of children out there that have no families. They're older, um, and they should be looked upon with the same you know uh, grace and and mercy and options to adopt them. All right, we have two callers on the line. Lance, By you're adults. first. Good morning. You're on the line. <clears throat> Why? Good morning. Why? I believe what the lady is talking about there is about uh, what twenty years out of uh, being uh, true, and that is we have safe laws now, you know, that all a woman has to do is give birth and walk away. You know what? That is uh, not entirely true. I unfortunately was acquainted, am acquainted with a woman who tried to give up her children because she wasn't equipped at the time. She was having a lot of mental health issues. And while you can abandon your a baby, and, and first of all, that's very hard to do when you're in the throes of, you know, just giving birth and emotionally and hormonally. Um, and of course, a man would say that. You can just give up your baby. Of course, she would say that because 25% of men do. So I understand But if that you want an abortion, you're doing from. the same thing. You're, you're giving up your baby. No, you're not. You're, you're, uh, Joe. You've never been pregnant. You don't understand. It's often doesn't even feel real for months and months. It's a whole evolution, a change in your body, a change in your thinking. Um, people don't even know they're pregnant uh, for a certain period of time. Um, it's undetectable for a certain period of time. And just because it's detected doesn't mean you feel any differently. So it, there is a span. And I have a lot of friends and a lot of acquaintances who've had abortions. And there's a span of a period of time where you just don't feel pregnant. And it doesn't really matter. It's, you don't. There's nothing. There's no feeling whatsoever. And all these French just loved it. I mean, they felt no, the experience was a- great. I mean, absolutely they- not. They were all extremely um, careful and thoughtful, and in some cases included the father of the baby. Um, many times it was a mutual decision. Um, you know, it's it's but it's personal, and there's no there's no. I, I mean, if you're going to protect a, a, a two celled amoeba or whatever it is in the early, early stages of development, you've got to think about all living creatures like that, and we just don't. All right, Lance, humans, go ahead. Humans are... Go ahead, sir. Well, uh, it's just that the uh, ladies I'm surrounded with certainly <laughs> don't say anything about what this lady is talking about. Well, then I must lead a very boring life. 
I mean, it really is. I mean, they have an altogether even different attitude. They sure know what they're talking about because the least number of kids these women have is seven, and that's my sister and my um, sister-in-law, um, neighbor over the hill here. They have 13 up over here. They're not Amish. 17 and 8 and 9, you know. And they have wonderful families. And to hear how all the liberal it was on last week, why, that's the worst thing you can do is dedicate your life to the next generation like those folks have. I mean, and you think about the, uh, well, you're going to call me a racist, but the men who desert their kids like that are mostly black. That's and not that, true at all. That's, that, there, the statistics may bear that out, but frankly, there's a lot of white men that I know that have deserted their children. Oh, I know that. I know that. But if, that's not fair. If you take the 6% of the population, it's, it's like 6% of the uh, population is enduring, what, 30% of the abortions? I'm talking, if you take the black folks in general, it's like 13% endure, what, 36% of the abortions? I mean, that's almost genocide, isn't it? Well, I think statistics would bear out the fact that the majority, that there's a, a rather large percentage, larger than among white people, of blacks who have uh, abortions, you right, know, right. And, and raise their children in single parent families if that's uh, what they choose to do. Well, one of the big factors, as I see it, is the fact that if there is a man in the home, why the woman cannot get the help that, uh, you know, the help to, to care for the child and raise it and take care of things. Actually, uh, we're in that um, boat here, one end of the family uh, is a, uh, well, a woman that was left by a black guy, no two ways about it, and uh, she is afraid to name the uh, father because the family is probably going to at least beat her up. Well, looking at the statistics, 57.6% of black children, 31.2% of Hispanic children, and 20.7% of white children are living absent their biological fathers. Yeah, so that's, that's over half, well over half, of black children. So it's not a black-white issue. Well, it's overwhelmingly <coughs> black. By comparison, 20% of whites, 57.6% of blacks. What does that say? I mean, it's a, a large percentage of black families are fatherless. Now, it, it what are the reasons that, for it that? It says that maybe black women um, are having children to replace another void in their life. Maybe they were raised in single-parent homes. Eighty percent of kids raised in single-parent oh. homes are raised by their mothers. When you're not raised with a father in your yeah. home, well, I'm not going to argue that point. I agree. It's overwhelming majority would and, be and, women. And if the majority of single kids are living in black single-parent homes, maybe they're looking for something to replace that love and that void in their life. We can psychoanalyze this all we want. It has but nothing to do with the that, fact wouldn't you that say we have that a bunch of majority men, white men in this country, telling all women what they can and cannot do with their bodies. But if 57.6% of black families are fatherless, what does that say about the men? Are you you're, this, you're sound like you're saying this is not an abortion argument. This is this is if we're going to talk about what was recently leaked. No, but let's face it. You talked earlier that you agree that abortion be safe, legal, and rare. Well, I think one of the easiest ways to make it rare is for pe men to step up and take their responsibility we seriously. We can't make men do things if they were poorly raised. They can't be responsible. 
does that mean every man who walks away from his family was poorly raised and irresponsible? I would argue yes. Okay, I would argue maybe not. I would argue There's yes. No well, how, how can you? How can you? Be Lance, equal? we got to we got to take a break. Lance, thank you. Appreciate your call. Uh, Mike, stand by. We'll get to you in a moment, but we do have to take a break. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our toll free hotline number. Email us at onthemarkwkok.com. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan, along with Carrie Albright. Mark Lawrence taking a part of the day off to attend a leadership seminar, and uh, we wish him well with that. One of our emailers says, uh, Carrie, did you just say that's not true? The statistics may bear it out, but that's not true. <laughs> I was making it, I was saying that's not true to something he was saying. I don't think this is, uh, talking about race and fatherhood statistics has no bearing on the argument on whether or not women should be able to have an abortion. And then our, one of our other listeners says, ask your guest to define a woman. That's a stupid question. <laughs> well, uh, what's her name had trouble with that. Uh, the Katanji Brown Jackson wouldn't define what a woman was. I think that's the point he's making. I think a woman is whoever they say they, that when, if, you know, I'm a woman. Joe, if you said that you were a woman, I would support you. Okay, it doesn't, does, you. you know, you're somebody's who they are, who people are are, who they think they are, it does not affect me. It does not affect me. As long as they're not harmful or hurtful or unkind, I don't care. Okay. Mike, you're on the mark this morning from Bloomsburg. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. Uh, I'm a man, and from what I understand, Carrie says men shouldn't have any opinion on the abortion, so I'm going to identify as a woman today, and I'm going to have some opinions. Okay. Now, I'm a, a father of three adopted children. And when I went through the process, uh, you know, initially, you know, being a Caucasian, my wife and I wanted uh, a Caucasian baby. And uh, essentially, uh, this was back in the 80s. It was really not possible, okay? And I mean, if it was possible, it was going to be, you know, 10 years of a wait or just get really, really lucky. And so we went the uh, foreign adoption and we adopted three Asian children. And I, I don't regret that. It was one of the best things we ever did. Now, when it comes to abortion it is a societal issue and i do believe that everyone is allowed to have an opinion and to talk about it civilly and to, to me it's like this when the government does something to incentivize something it has results okay if you subsidize something you get more of it and i and i'm not i'm not trying to cast any dispersions but i'm saying if you subsidize uh, they used to call it illegitimacy, but you're not allowed to say that anymore. But if you subsidize single-family homes, uh, you know, whether it be headed by a woman or a man, where no one works, it just stands to reason that you're going to have 
more children without a father or possibly without a mother. And to me, when you look at the all the murders and things, all the problems with uh, you know fatherless kids, I think we need to have a discussion about what's right and what's wrong. And the idea that abortion is going to be totally outlawed, I, I think this is just a divisive wedge to have people become vitriolic between the se- uh, sexes, men against women, women against Before men. Before the midterms. Another divisive mm-hmm. issue that, that we're I not agree. even talking rationally about. You know, like anything, you know, the Democrats always say they care about people's psychological health and everything like that. When was the last time you heard any discussion about the psychological impact, long-term psychological impacts of abortion? Anytime there's any, what the, the, the left calls it restrictions, but anytime there's any type of counseling when a, a woman makes that choice to abort a child, they, they, they don't want any restrictions. They just want abortion on demand, period. And I think that's wrong because it does a disservice. You know, government, societies are supposed to protect each other, but in the case of abortion, there's no debate. You yourself said it. Men can't have a voice. Men can't have babies. Yeah, I think they have a voice. They certainly have a right to have a voice. I don't think a woman should be able to get um, an abortion without at least the father's participation, assuming that the father is still in the picture. Well, because I think that's a hell of a decision to have to make on one one person on their own. But the people, women have friends and family that can help them make that decision. They could have gotten pregnant on a one-night stand or a man that mistreats them, or there's no reason that we need to involve a man unless there's a good, loving relationship as a foundation. say in every instance, Carrie. I right. just said I think it's a, the man, if he's around, should be involved in the decision. What if he wants to raise the child? What if he says, I know you want an abortion, but I am willing to stand up and I want to raise that child? Now, he was at least 50% of the reason the child is being um, in the womb, so should he not have some say in Absolutely. whether or not uh, he gets to raise that Absolutely. child? Absolutely. In that case, he sounds like a concerned would-be father, and he should have. Now, I disagree with the I agree with the caller that said um, this is a divisive issue. I absolutely believe that it was actually leaked prior to the midterm elections for a reason to create a, maybe create a diversion, create whatever it is. Well, I think the um, Democrats don't want to talk about inflation, so they released this, leaked this, so they don't have to talk about the way the economy is going to hell I, in a handbasket. It, but if it's got merit, I think it's worth discussing. The, even, even MSNBC people are saying this is a positive for Democrats. Come on. I mean, you can ha- I mean, we all have opinions, but the reality is who gets most excited about this issue? Now, the, the Christian right gets excited, but that's a shrinking number of people. In this Nobody country. should be getting excited about this. This shouldn't be discussed right now. This should, this should be an issue, unfortunately, that was, what do they call it, ratified when you kind of sanctify a decision that the Supreme Court has made? I, f- I forget the term, but... Stare decisis means the, settled law. This should, be, this should be something that's not even an issue. But I disagree with the caller in that where he talked started talking about, you know, adoption and values and right and wrong, because your right and wrong is could be very different from my right and wrong, and your right and wrong is probably centered around American values. I mean, there are countries where a woman gets pregnant 50-50 in the, in the sex act, but yet she's stoned to death because it was out of wedlock. So as long as women across the world are in any way marginalized or brutalized because of being pregnant or because of having sex where the man is not, you could, that is an extreme example or extreme just kind of 
Well, Mike, reference we'll, we'll, we'll let you why, how one side of this argument is. We'll let you have the last word. So you're, you're trying to seal your argument by saying women in some societies are being stoned to death for out of wedlock, and because of that, we should have the abortion on demand with no restrictions or no laws or anything like that. Just anybody can walk in and have an abortion at any time up to nine months, and now, according to what the people are saying, even after nine months. I mean, that is a ludicrous argument. Well, first of all, who said there's an abortion after nine months? At that point, that's ridiculous. That's called a birth. That's called a birth. (laughs) That's called a a homicide. Yeah, you're right. I guess it would be. Yeah, but I I think what you're talking about is partial birth abortion, which is a late late uh, tri-term or fourth quarter term or whatever you want to call it. Is that what you're talking about? Just one, one, one last comment, and I, and I hate to switch gears here, but I had a, a, an extended family member, and this was back before the year 2000, and, and this, this woman had a, a husband that left her and two children. And a, a, what basically I did the calculations. This was before 2000. All the benefits that she got, housing, food, all the benefits, she would have had to have a job making $55,000 a year if she had to pay taxes on that money. To, to equal what she was getting from the government. So if you subsidize something, you get more of it. Okay. Okay. And you, you know, I just want, can I ask you to consider a different perspective? You, she, she's not getting the benefits. She's receiving the benefits for the benefit of her children because the children are ultimately benefiting from that support. Mike, we got to go. Thank you. Appreciate your comments as always. Al, you're going to get 30 seconds here and then we'll let you uh, call back afterwards. Go ahead. All right. Well, I. In 1972, I was one of the I was one of the first people that uh, got into a situation where I was asked to pay for an abortion, and I talked to my father about it. I was just a young man, and uh, I decided back then that if I didn't want to marry her, instead of giving a hundred dollars toward the abortion, I would be paying for 18 years, and that was my decision. As a young man, that's what my father and I came up. Okay, you may want to comment more on that, Al. Call us back after the break. I'm Joe McGranahan. Carrie Albright's here with me this morning. The topic is that leaked Supreme Court uh, opinion that appears to be outlawing Roe versus Wade. But uh, there's a lot of aspects to this. You're welcome to call us with your comments. 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarkwkok.com. This is WKOK, Sunbury, Pennsylvania. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Joe McGranahan. Thank you and welcome back on board On the Mark. I'm here today with Carrie Albright. Mark Lawrence is taking the day off or part of the day off for a leadership seminar. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at www.sunburymotors.com. It's an open phones day. Our toll-free line is open 1-800-795-9565 or email us at onthemark at wkok.com. The program brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury 
Hyundai. They specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspection, nitrogen for tires, and they're open Monday through Friday from 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. <coughs> and Saturday from 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. The Sunbury Motor Company sells Ford, Hyundai, and Kia cars. They are the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks, and they're a master towing service with decades of experience. The Sunbury Motor Company invites you to visit that quick lane on North 4th Street. They specialize again in all types of service on vehicles. They're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. till 6 p.m. and Saturday, 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. Taking a quick look at our news headlines this morning, a special work session of the Shikalimi School Board Tuesday night led to approval of the 2022-23 district budget with no tax increase for now. School Board President Wendy Wiest said the board is working hard to prevent a tax hike. You can view the current $50 million budget proposal on the district's website through Thursday, June the 2nd. The next special work session is Thursday, May the 19th at 7 p.m. There's a slight increase in the number of statewide and local cases of COVID-19. The statewide hospitalizations are now back above 700. In its Tuesday update, the State Department of Health reported 2,134 new cases so far this week. This brings the pandemic total to 2,825,267. There were also 21 new Valley cases reported. 12 of them are in Northumberland County, now with 22,985 cases since the start of the pandemic. Union County has four new cases, and there were three in Montour County. Snyder County has two, with an 8,120 total. Local hospitalizations have also risen slightly. That's our look at the news headlines. We have Al waiting. He was on the line when we had to go to break. So, Al, we'll let you finish your thought. Okay, so I was just a young man when that happened, and I took uh, the side of I have the responsibility of raising that child, and $100 wasn't going to cut it. It would be $100 a month for 18 years or whatever. But then, you know, as life went on, and I got married and had a couple children of my well, we lost our first one, and then it started to dawn on me, well, that wasn't the first one I lost. And then um, years later, when I was 40, I actually was counseled because of the abortion that I was basically involved in a little bit. It was it was my uh, seed that was aborted, and uh, I, I came to Christ a little closer that way because I was finally told, well, you have to put that, it's like a backpack. You keep picking it up, the, that backpack is your sin. You keep picking it up. You're going to have to put it down and accept the forgiveness of Jesus for being involved in something like that. And I just think abortion, I'm going to go ahead and say it, uh, is evil. And I think it's murder. And I go by the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. And that's now my, I'm a pro-life, and I have this sticker on my bumper, and I will call every time that you guys talk about abortion and give my pro-life side of it. And I think the men are affected, too. All right. Uh, but, but most, most people with a good uh, conscience and, and examination of conscience will, will kind of feel that that they, they were involved in something evil. Okay, but the, the issue here is whether or not, well, first of all, this the uh, draft opinion by the Supreme Court, Justice Alito, was leaked. It wasn't a final decision by the Supreme Court. Don't you think people are getting all uh, their knickers in a twist over nothing at this point? 
Well, uh, I've being pro-life, I'm kind of excited, but I'm glad I'm I'm glad they're thinking like that. But I'm afraid this is going to influence them, and and there's going to be some repercussions that they're going to feel endangered because of just the way things are. I mean, people are getting attacked on stage for what they say and they think. I mean, the freedom of speech is uh, all part of this, and I think Roe versus Wade was. It's not a law. It was an act by um, the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court right. doesn't make laws. And I think that was a big mistake well, no, that they, they made. What they did is they extended the protection to abortion under the Fourteenth Amendment. But it's not in the Constitution. You can't you can't relate to it. No, but we the, have the and the First Amendment says everybody has the right to life. And it all depends when life starts. That's the main question. When does life start? Is your sperm life? From reading the scriptures, let let me finish. From reading the scriptures, when uh, Mary went to visit Elizabeth, her cousin, Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, our Savior, went to visit her cousin Elizabeth in her aged years. She was pregnant with John the Baptist. And John the Baptist leaped for joy in the womb at the presence of the Lord in the womb. Okay, so that, well, that's... You know, that, that's where I'm forming my opinion, and I, I, and God's law oversees, over supersedes men's law. But not in, in the United, but not in the United States of America. We don't operate under God's law. We operate under the Constitution of the United States. Now, you well, can that, make an argument that it was based on else, faith. But, uh, me, I'm going to go with God's law. Okay. Well, thanks for your comments, Al. We appreciate your opinions. Stan, you're on the mark now. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, I mean, all this stuff going on down there with abortion, uh, Roe v. Wade would be, it'd be amusing if it wasn't so steadily serious. It's deadly serious for the poor little babies in the womb, isn't it? But anyways, they're, they're, they're whining and crying and having gone into hysterics over something that hasn't happened, may not happen, and won't change, really change anything because all of it, go, all laws for abortion goes back to the states. So nothing's really going to change, is it? Abortion's not going to be outlawed. No, it's not going to be outlawed, and I agree with Justice Alito. There is nowhere in the Constitution that guarantees anybody the right to an abortion, but the protection was extended under the 14th Amendment. To the living people of this country, not the unborn. Oh, so the unborn's not living. Is that how we're going to look at this? Well, your sperm, uh, go back to the seed of the other that's caller. That's living. That's living. That's a living yeah, cell. living. Are we going to protect that too? Well, sure. Why not? It's all li- living organisms, and they all come together to form a baby. It takes time. Yes, I understand the gestation period. All living creatures have that. Whether you're talking about a human, a cow, a pig, or a goat, they all have gestation periods. It all takes time. But to kill that unborn because of convenience now i'll i'll grant you one thing incest and rape okay that and they say the life of the mother but that's that's kind of questionable too because i would think that if a woman now early term pregnancy if if it's going to kill the mother well that's different but later term when they could you know treat this child because they're born uh crap yeah not not immature uh early what do they call that now lost the mind. Premature. Word. Premature, yeah, yeah. premature, okay. So so if they're born premature now, down, what was it, 20 weeks, 22 weeks, I think they've saved babies? Why would you kill the baby if it could be saved 
you know, be born premature to save the mother because the mother, you got two patients there. And they should both be treated, not just discard one and treat the other. But the question becomes, and, and I, you know, going back to your opinion, I've said this before, I, I think that eventually we're not going to find any real answer to this. Maybe the best thing is to let it up to the states, let it up to the people in each state to determine what it is they're willing to accept and what they won't accept. The Constitution specifically give, gives to the states anything not specifically given to the federal government. And the federal government, in this case, may have an interest in whether or not abortions are performed, but the states have the right to determine whether or not they put limitations on those rights. But then you have people living in states that are making uh, abortion very hard to access, like Oklahoma. Um, You're disadvantaging people that don't have the means to travel. Um, You know, and the the costs are prohibitive sometimes to have the abortion, to travel to get the abortion. So you start disadvantaging people in states, and that's why the Supreme Court exists. That's why there is a federal government to take control of certain aspects of our humanity and our governance. So and you're so saying disagree. that there should be an absolute, I said earlier you're an absolutist, but you believe there should be an absolute guarantee that any woman who wants an abortion anywhere, any place, any time can get it. I don't agree with that, and stop labeling me as an absolutist because I'm not. <laughs> oh. I'm saying that Roe versus Wade um, should not be overturned. We should not be discussing this. I agree with this caller that this should not be an issue that we're discussing right now, and I wish we would talk about walking fast can slow aging down, one of the Pennsylvania headlines because I have some perspective on that. Can okay. we move on from No, this? we can't, because the audience <laughs> determines what we're talking about, and this is the topic they want, well, and then, all the emails are on this topic. Well, then we need to have a caller in uh, that's not talking about faith, because faith has nothing to do with a woman's choice. But to choice. many people, it does. To it, many it people, matter. it does. It doesn't matter. That's your faith. It's not mine. It's You asked me off air, what do you say to the women who are pro-life? I say that's their choice, you know, um, but allow people choices. Uh, faith should not, I mean, there are many religions in those worlds world, not one of them should influence, you know, my ability to choose my life, as long as I'm not harming people. And again, we should look at the same disadvantaged people, poor people, homeless people, addicted people with the same mercy and grace and love and compassion as we're looking at this man's seed. Well, I think that you you cannot just say that right off all the religious people, all people who believe that... You're an absolutist. (laughs) (laughs) All people who believe that, that, that there is a faith component to this argument. And there is a faith component. If you have faith, if you believe that you were created, if you believe that you don't have the right to take your own life, if you believe that suicide is wrong, you have to believe that abortion should be restricted. I know a lot of faith-based pe- faith people, faithful people that um, do believe in pro-choice, and I do believe in assisted suicide. I believe in a person's right to take control of their own life and their own destis- destiny as long as they are not harm- harming others that are living. The Constitution, the 14th Amendment, protects the living and affords the same opportunities in which you the make, living. Can't you make the argument that someone killing themselves is taking is awfully hard on those who are left behind in the family? They are hurting other people. It doesn't matter. Their life, they're living with terminal illness or they're living with mental illness or they're living with depression or inability to be productive or happy in their own life for whatever reason is also extremely hard. I know a lot of people that are parents of addicted, addicted teenagers and young adults and adults that would rather, and unfortunately, it would be easier for that person to die than to live with addiction. Stan, we'll give you the last word. Well, our, Roe v. Wade is not a law because the legisla- only the legislature can pass law. And as far as the 14th Amendment protecting all living, you know, the rights of the living, 
Last time I checked, the baby in the womb is living. Just because it hasn't come out of the womb yet, it is still living. It has a heartbeat. It has brain wave, uh, brain waves that can be detected. It is living. It moves within the womb. Okay. It is living. So it also should protect them. So when does when does the line cross? Okay, Sam, we got to go. We have a call coming in, and we have an, another one on uh, on hold. So we will take a break because that's what we got to do to make pay the bills. You're listening to On the Mark in WKOK, Sunbury, Pennsylvania. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our toll free hotline number. Email us at on the mark at wkok dot com. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sorry, we're having an argument here, and then we're back. Okay, 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free hotline number. Got a lot of emails. We'll get to one of them. Joe, your co-host this morning is correct. This argument on abortion is ridiculous. It's ridiculous because if you're for abortion, you're for legalizing the taking of a God-given human life. The argument is always about a woman's right. Last time I checked, it takes another person, a male, to conceive a baby, which means there are then three individual human beings involved. It comes down to taking responsibility for your own actions. If you don't want children at all, then there are many preventative measures to take, and not having sex with a random person is a sure way to prevent an unwanted pregnancy. And I'm aware of the argument about rape as well, but I would argue that a pregnancy from a true rape case is very rare. Many abortions are, not all abortions, I should say, are a result of sex with a random person. No, I would agree. Uh, another emailer says, Good morning. Thanks to all the parents who adopt children. The real problem is there are more children in foster care or in danger in a home of abuse. This is one reason why I believe in pro-choice. And now, Thank Judy, you. Judy, you're on the mark. Good morning. Uh, yes, I, I'm, I'm in agreement, and I was going to bring that up a bit with the emailer. If there is so much emphasis placed on the pregnancy, I think where the emphasis should be placed is prevention because if you can make that decision about that abortion which i think is a very important one you can also make that decision to prevent that pregnancy to begin with and i think that's where it's at i agree in school they have classes about sex everything in society today is about sex let's promote prevention more and I think that's what the answer is. What, how, how, what form would that take? If you were, if you were the educational czar, what, what is it you would recommend? I would recommend these magazines that have all these sex things in it, talk about prevention and give um, um, advertisements about it. 
you know what what can you do to prevent it this 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 is available to you i think and my, in school i think they classes in school also will be held yeah. because you know they say that these children are so well versed on sex but are they well versed on the prevention of it even though they're so wise about so many things these young people they just don't think about this i think my health and teacher I think put that a condom on it promoted <laughs> I think, my, I think my health teacher, Judy, put a condom on a banana to show us, you know, pre- <laughs> prevention. Um, so I agree with you completely. I think prevention is extremely important. And unfortunately, there are too many parents trying to control or dictate what schools can teach, you know. Um, and so I think that I think educators, I think I think uh, teaching should be based on science, should be based on behavioral science. And I completely agree that prevention needs to be an emphasis. Okay. And I think so many parents are really uh they don't want to admit that their children would even do this and i think that's a big problem too you have to be prepared for that if it happens and talk with your children about it and hopefully they'll be honest with you yeah it's a hard conversation to have with a kid though in this day and age yep it is but it's still i think it's i think you need to keep those doors open and i think a lot of parents once their children hit teenage years don't know how to talk to them you no longer can say you're going to do this and you're going to do this and you're going to do this. Doesn't work. You have to learn how to talk to your children once they become a teenager. I got a three-year-old grandson who doesn't like to be told what to do. To, <laughs> oh, to you're Ju- in for real trouble, Joe. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> to, to Judy's point, though, parents can't be all to everything and, and, and everything in their children's lives, and that's why we do count on the educational system to teach things like prevention, to teach things, you know, sex education. Um, exactly. Because it is hard to talk as a parent, but you can talk uh, as a more dispassionate teacher or mentor or, you know, health teacher or whatever in a, in a child's life, and then to give them information, let them hash it out among their friend groups, you know, but I think that's a really important point that we need the educational system to supplement what where it's awkward or uncomfortable or what we're ill-equipped to talk about as parents. Fair enough. Judy, we'll give you the last word. No, that's all. That's all. I thank you very much for listening, and I, I hope everyone does consider that, that that is... We must look at the consequence of our actions. I couldn't agree with you more on that one, Judy. Thank you so much. 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free number. Email us at onthemarkwkok.com. One of our emailers says, you hit the nail on the head. You said someone's faith should not tell you how to run your life as long as you are not harming another person. Abortion kills another person. There is no greater harm to another person. And, Bob, you're on the mark from Paxinus. Yeah, good morning. Um, you know, this has been in effect for 50 years now, and there's a chance that it could be overturned where, you know, we're going to have to choose what state to live in over, you know, whether or not you can have an abortion or if you can go to another state and have have an abortion. And the last caller who was saying about, you know, teaching the children, um, well, how are you going to expect a 12-year-old to come up to you and and I think you can probably start getting pregnant at 12 years old, I'm assuming. I don't know when women uh, reach that uh, age, but I'm assuming around 12 years old, and they're not going to go to their parents and ask, hey, Mom, I want to have sex, and uh, can I get some protection, and can you take me to the doctor and this and that? That's, you know, it's unforeseen in my eyes. 
how you feel. Well, I agree. I, d- I doubt very many 13-year-olds, 12 or 13-year-olds, and there was a story recently about a 13-year-old girl who went missing, I think in the Harrisburg area, who was pregnant. Uh, so I certainly at 13, it's possible. But I mean, let's face it, what kid wants to go to their parents and say, uh, I want to become sexually active, and I would like to know what my uh, what my choices are? Not likely to have that conversation, Bob. So then it should be the parent that goes to the child and says, Hey, honey, you're coming to this age where this could happen to you or that could happen to you. And that ain't going to happen either, is it? Well, that's where age appropriateness comes in. You know, I think every parent, I don't think the school, I'll disagree with Carrie on this, I don't think the school district should be determining uh, what I'm taught about sex education. I mean, I think there should be sex education classes. There are health classes now. They call them health classes. I have no problem with that. But I think a parent, a good parent, should be the one to determine at what age, given their reactions to that child and their knowledge of that child's behavior and uh, maturity, then the parent should make the decision of when to have the conversation and what form the conversation takes. Yeah, but many parents aren't equipped to judge that. Um, they often underestimate their child's development or intellectual, uh, you know, just knowledge about sex. Um, you know, and and this caller, um, I agree, I don't want to, I don't want to live in a country where I choose a state to live in based on access to abortion. Um, that's ridiculous. That's why I think Roe versus Wade is so important. Um, but I also believe that, you know, you, you presented a scenario where you don't think a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old is going to go to a parent. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen either. I think that's there's just such shame around that or, uh, you know, that's just the hormones of being prepubescent are just so confusing. But I do think, as Joe said, that parents should go to their children like, hey, you're hitting this age. This Here's a book. Let's read it together. Let's talk about it. It's going to feel awkward. It's going to feel strange. I think that really good parents, I didn't do that with my daughter because I was young. Young, I, um, you know, they're, they're for various reasons, but my daughter you know, learned from school. They, she talked about it with their friends. We talked about it when we had to, maybe, uh, you know, in the kind of the fringes of, of the, what the real discussion should be. Um, it's a very awkward time, and I think as long as we give parents the um, tools to do that, I think that they will approach that subject, or at least hand their kids a book. Um, and I do think a school, what the kids receive in school is very important. Well, that's one a- aspect of the abortion issue that we haven't discussed, and that is the maturity of the person who makes the decision. If a 13-year-old girl gets pregnant, you know, I would have a lot of trouble with that person being mature enough to accept the responsibility for a baby. That's just my personal feeling. Having a 13-year-old grandson, I don't see him as a father. You know, so I would think that there would be some, have to be some consideration, I think, uh, for with respect to whether or not the person is capable of making an adult decision about the rest of their life at that early age. Yeah, and I also want to say, you know, I would not, I had a nephew die in a car accident at 17 years old. He had a telephone pole. You know, um, blunt force trauma killed him. You know, God God took him, and he wouldn't have wanted to live being a vegetable the rest of his life. So you have people being born premature. I had a friend that had a baby, or a granddaughter, who was in uh five months in the hospital from being premature birth. I mean, that's horrible. Could you, I mean, who would want to live like a vegetable the rest of their life? If you know a child is coming up being born with Down syndrome or some disabled ailment that uh, is going to have them in a wheelchair the rest of their life or bedridden, or if they're in a home where they get beaten to death by their parents and 
I mean, you just see this in Trevor in the era. I forget the little girl's name. I mean, it's still going to trial and stuff like that. But to have a child live a couple years and then be smashed their head against the wall or abused or something like that, I mean, I would just not want to see somebody have to go through that. I'd sooner have them not have a life to begin with because they're an angel in God's eyes but, and, and my eyes. But, Bob, you can't predict, you can't look into the future and tell whether a child will be loved or hated. I mean, they're bad Sometimes parents. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you know how people are. Well, yeah, but you're, you're, you're presupposing that no one can ever change, that they, they couldn't become a good parent, a good loving parent, when they saw that precious little child. On the other hand, you know, you have the guys who pick up a baby and shake it to death. You know, I agree with you there, but I don't think you can presuppose that, uh, that somebody's going to make a bad decision, or you can't presuppose that you're going to be able to determine the outcome of that child's life. I was just looking up, um, and I also just take umbrage with the fact that we had Down syndrome lumped into that your category of people that shouldn't be born. I, I don't know if that was, uh, you know, just kind of a random thought or intentional, but I, I do take umbrage to that. But I was looking up the percentage. Um, what what age do women have abortions? Um, Joe, less than one percent of the uh, abortions performed are under the age of uh, for women under the age of sixteen or girls. Uh, most of them are thirty percent around twenty to twenty four, and then the other twenty one, twenty two percent are uh, twenty five to uh, 27 and then third and 20% around 30 to 30 something. So most of the people having abortions, the vast, like 75% are over the age of 20. Oh, okay. um, so it's not a lot of young women. No, but I think young women like that, I think you certainly need to give them something more, some, whether it's consideration. Mm -hmm. I don't think a 13-year-old child should be forced to live with a what a mistake if you will mm -hmm. for the rest of their life mm -hmm. but i'm not certain what the alternative is i'm not certain it should be abortion bob I'll give you the final word and then we got another call pending and we got to take a break may the fourth be with you okay fair yeah. enough live we'll give you a chance before we take the break from mifflinburg you're on the mark yeah sure so um i'm actually female in my 20s um and you know i think it's very wrong to assume that um children that are born with mental disabilities, mental handicaps, are um, not quality life. Um, I understand that some kids are born and they have, you know, a, a, like that guy called it, a vegetable. Um, but understanding that that life is still important, you know, um, Stephen Hawking, like, <laughs> Kids can grow up to be something more than just nothing. And something more than their disability that, you know, or their inability. Yeah. Their inability? What, what I, say, I said something though? more than their disability, their inability, like inability to yeah. walk or, you know, a perceived mental, you know, or a developmental delay. Um, you know, it just, not all people are the same, and I agree with you completely. Yeah. And, you know... The problem that I think most people see with abortion is that people are no longer using it as, you know, you know, somebody was raped and they, they unfortunately conceived a baby with this person. You know, that's like less than 2%, I'm pretty sure, of people that get abortions. Most people are just using it nowadays as a form of birth control. And that is so upsetting because there's so many ways, so many ways to you know, prevent it before it happens. There's condoms, there's birth control, there's morning after pills. Like, 
we're so advanced as a society that we can prevent it before it happens, but people still want to kill these unborn babies and just put it off as it was just a clump of cells. It was just a fetus. That's so, that's so screwed up, like, to think about. I mean, you and I were once that quote-unquote clump of cells that everybody says, but we still are just a clump of cells. That's all we're made up of. You know, so to to belittle that life so much is so frustrating. To me. I, I completely respect your choice and your perspective on that. Um, I really do. I just that wouldn't be my perspective, but I really appreciate that you have that perspective. And thank you for calling in. I, I don't devalue your choices or perspective at all. And live, unfortunately, some of us are bigger clumps of cells than others. <laughs> Not if well. you're walking, Joe. Walking fast and slow down aging. <laughs> Liv, we'll give you the last word. Thank you. Yep, no problem. Thank take you. care. 1-800-795-9565. The toll-free lines are open. we got to take a quick break. I'll be back in a moment. I'm Joe McGran. In with me is Carrie Albright. The topic is that leaked Supreme Court draft decision on overturning Roe versus Wade. Give us a call. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan along with Carrie Albright, Mark Lawrence taking part of the day off. Dennis from Sunbury, you're on the mark. Yes, good morning. Um, sitting here just thinking about all these conversations. Did it ever cross anybody's mind why was this not a discussion with their founding fathers when the Constitution or the Bill of Rights was being formulated? I mean, because it was a boring. They wouldn't even think of discussing something like that. Are we more in an enlightened society today so we can just talk about sex and, you know, abortions? I mean, think about it. Yes, we evolve. Yeah. Go ahead, Dennis. Oh, okay. I thought it cut off. I'm sorry. No. But uh, when I think about that, it's just because it, it was something that was so abhorrent that they wouldn't even think of discussing something like this in our society in those days. And we talk about faith-based, and faith shouldn't play a role in it. Well, what are all our laws in this country based on? Judeo-Christian. I mean, all our laws, basically, if you run a red light, is really based on right and wrong, which was Judeo-Christian. So how can we separate, you know, what's right and wrong in this world by saying, well, we can't have faith involved in it? And speaking of which, if you want to shift gears a tiny bit here, there's an order of nuns that were founded in New York City, I think, 25, 30 years ago, who are dedicated only to adopting and taking care and raising um, HIV babies for as long as they live. And they have spread their order across the United States. So there's really a response sometimes by faith-based groups, you know, to take care of what the unwanted ones in society are. You know, like I said, the HIV children that nobody wants. And, and, you know, there's a lot of responses out there faith-based. And, and I often think about it. Is any of this a discussion among people like the Amish? Would this be, you know, I'm not saying that things couldn't possibly happen, which I'm sure in every society something happens if someone gets pregnant. But you think this would be a discussion to sit down with the Amish in the country and talk about? I mean... Nobody nobody is saying faith is bad. Faith is faith. It's an individual uh, thing. We're convoluting the cho- a woman's choice to have a baby and then probably bear the brunt of the responsibility of taking care of that child the rest of its life with faith. There's 
you can have a perspective or an opinion based on your faith, but it should not impact another person's perspective or choice. That's all I'm saying. Well, I think Dennis. And what I'm saying is, in the United States, the faith-based laws is what guided us for the last. That's because years. that's because faith at one point was an extremely important part of a set of values that were good as the basis for our constitution. But we do evolve as humanity. We learn. We learn more about science, and we need to evolve as well. We can't stay stuck. And there is a whole school of thought that a lot of what's faith in faith-based literature is the way to control people, to, to kind of propagate good values and, and kindness and love. Um, but it doesn't mean that that should supplant a woman's choice to have or have not her not, not have a child. Are you, are you saying that the more we learn, the less we need God? Um, no, not at all. You said we evolve no, no. as we, we evolve. Some of us don't need yeah. God, Joe. So that's a that's a that's an argument that I didn't I, I don't even support. I mean, there are many good people that I know that are not faith-oriented. They're just good people that believe in, in kindness and love. Okay. Yeah, and there's such a thing as natural virtue, and there's such a thing as supernatural virtue. But you know, De- and that has been taught throughout the years. Dennis, you know? going back to your original argument, I think the Founding Fathers didn't consider this because the number of options to perform abortions back then were rather limited and very dangerous. Also, yeah. the, the, their primary function in those days was to have more kids so you could run the family farm. Because we died early. Do all the work. Yeah, people age, die early. We were dying of all kinds of simple diseases that we now have inoculations for. Yeah. So, you know, it's a different time was a different time. It, it was a different time, but they were also, in my opinion, my opinion, it's an opinion show. It is. They were with much more virtuous men. You should go you back know, to Outlander. They, you should watch Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. It's a good show. Thomas Jefferson in virtue maybe is a little bit questionable. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, well, he had black children, which we all know that he was having relations with his slaves. Yeah. But, again, yeah. you know, we're still children created by God to a faith-based person. True enough. So just because, you know what I mean? So it's a tough argument, yes, I agree, but it's just just because we're at a different time and place doesn't mean we're more virtuous and more considerate of the person. You know Fair what enough. I mean? I do. Uh, thank okay. you, Dennis. Appreciate your argument. Appreciate your comment and your opinion. We have a break to take, but Cindy will get you on right before we take that break. Good morning. You're on the mark. Good morning, and thank you for letting me on the air. First of all, you asked the question earlier, how could we prevent pregnancies better? <clears throat> and one thing I would suggest is that we act on the proposal by the American College of Gynecologists and Obstetricians and make birth control pills over-the-counter, available, without a prescription, readily available. Without- Even though we have the morning-after pill, you have to go up to the pharmacist to get it. You can't just go on the shelf, pick it up, walk out of this, pay for it, and walk out of the store. That's an obstruction that's unnecessarily put in place. That's not necessary. Do we know any country that has over-the-counter um, birth control, Cindy? I just jumped online. I didn't, you know, I didn't find anything about that. I think we should all be happy that the rate of teenage pregnancy continues to decline in this country. There's been such a talk about teenage pregnancy, and yet it's the lowest it's ever been. Been, In fact, the birth rate in this country is declining rapidly. Well, Cindy, you're, I know you're a medical professional, but do you believe that one size fits all with respect to birth control pills? Is, shouldn't a doctor be involved in the decision as to what pill is right for his patient or her patient? 
I think that we have decades, I know, that we have decades and decades of evidence that of what the proper configuration of a birth control pill is for the vast majority of the population. Every medication has a risk. Aspirin has a risk. Tylenol has a risk. Every medication has a risk with, associated with it. And yet we make those medications freely available over the counter for people. And if you want, if your real goal is that you want to reduce unwanted pregnancies, then you should make this medication that is uh, highly effective readily available. I am suspect of the fact that we persist in holding that back. But then we, that, I agree with you, Cindy, but then what do you say, what is there a birth control? Is there a birth control that renders the sperm incapable of, you know, I don't know. I mean, is there something that men can take? Because then, once again, you place the burden on women, you know, and this is what I have a problem with. So I think if you're going to place the burden on women, then women need to have the ultimate choice. Well, so how do we... We've had sheaths for centuries. The use of a sheath, also called a condom now, for centuries. Mm -hmm. That gentleman that called and said, you know, that they were virtuous, the founders, and they didn't even think about this stuff. Oh, contraire. In that society, <laughs> they used vinegar-imbued sponges to prevent conception. They used coitus interruptus to interfere with conception. They used uh, sheaths made out of uh, the guts of animals to prevent... Um, conception. And there were people who made available abortion patients. Some plant materials mm -hmm. can cause contractions of the uterus that mm -hmm. can cause an abortion. And women made use of that at those times, although indeed it had its risks. Uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, what bothers me the most about this is that, and I think those advocates ought to consider this, you have a religious point of view. I respect that. And I would never impose that my beliefs on you, never. And yet you seek to use the government to impose your beliefs on me. Now, let's Amen. turn it around the other way. There are faiths that believe that you should always have a covering on your head. I respect that. If they want to wear a hat or a veil or whatever constantly, but should they be allowed to impose that on me? No, no. And, in this, and this is the very same kind of a thing. And I would object if they use the government to try to force that, if they use the government to take, uh, make all women wear skirts, if they use the government to say that women couldn't drive cars. I mean, that exists in this current day and age in some countries, driven by a religious philosophy in their government. Hey. But we don't do that here in this country. Well, we, try. we believe in laws, the laws created by people, and you don't have the right, it is inappropriate, to use the government to force your religion on someone else. Well, we do have separation of church and state. Thank you, Cindy. Appreciate your comments, as always. 1-800-795-9565. We have one call waiting, and we have some emails, but the phone lines are basically, three of them are open. Give us a call at 1-800-795-9565. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. 
If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. It takes people to make up a community, to make up a family, to start a small business. For the past 150 years, we've been here, growing with you every step of the way. Mifflinburg Bank and Trust. We're the bank you keep for life. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Do you know what people see when they Google you? Search engines don't always get it right. And when they're wrong, it's your reputation on the line. So what do you do when you don't agree with your search results? Call Reputation Defender at 800-401-6681. Reputation Defender is one of the most trusted names in online reputation repair. We have over a decade of experience in fixing people's search results, and we can help you, too. Using cutting-edge approaches, Reputation Defender pushes unflattering information down to lower pages of your search results, where few people ever look. We also promote the good stuff so that it rises to the top, letting you put your best foot forward. Your good name is too valuable to leave to the whims of a Google algorithm. You owe it to yourself to take control with Reputation Defender. Visit www.reputationdefender.com or call 800-401-6681 for free advice on your situation. That's 800-401-6681. The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Tommy McCarthy, the 2020 season had the DH. Everyone knew it was coming. Is it an adjustment for for you. Last year, I think I, I kind of wavered a little bit because the only guy that really put together any kind of justifiable at-bats for the Phillies was Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Everybody else just kind of went through the motions. If they're not going to try, let's get somebody else in there that's going to put some numbers up there. The Steve Jones Show, 3 to 5 weekdays on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Welcome back to On the Mark, 1-800-795-9565. Got time for more calls. We have Lance, who has been holding for one more minute. Good morning, Lance. We've got one minute. Okay. Why, well, anyways, we talk about rape, incense, and the age of individual I will be voting for to represent the Republican Party in the U.S. Senate race is a product of an incestual rape when was 12. She's black, so in case you think I'm a racist or something, it's something to consider that uh, she certainly made a uh, good uh, thing of her life. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Thank you, Lance. one 800 Email us at onthemark at wkok.com. The lines are open, so give us a call. One of our emailers says, Why does the government have the right to force a pregnant woman to carry a fetus to term? Apparently because she got pregnant by choice, accident, rape, and or incest. Because a fetus is more holy than her, uh, more holy than her control over her own body. And this sacredness determines her ability to choose even if a religious belief does not compel 
tell her to believe the fetus is sacred or she believes nothing is sacred. She must follow another's religious belief. Even if she believes it is a parasite or is a demon seed that will destroy her or just wants to protect her own physical and mental health because an early abortion is far safer than giving birth. Uh, and I think somebody did make that point the other day. I think it's like 14% safer or something like that. Don't know that I buy that. But, you know, all right, so you're saying not everybody who thinks abortion is wrong is coming from a religious point of view. You would agree with that, wouldn't you? Some people believe that society does have an interest in making sure that all human life is preserved. Then those people should be actively engaged in humanitarian efforts to help people. You think so? Absolutely. <laughs> if you're going to have an opinion about something that you're not really involved with or engaged with, why have it? Chris, you're on the mark. Good morning. Yes, thanks for finally reading my email. Well, I'll get to them as fast as we can. No, I, I, they're on. The, are all here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, one thing you've been saying about the Democrats uh, doing this, uh, doing the leak, orchestrating the leak, well, it's probably only one person who may or may not be a Democrat who did it. So to castigate the whole party for that seems kind of weird. Well, there were people. There were people on MSNBC this morning who were blaming the Republicans for it. Yeah, so. well, it's possible the Republicans thought it'd be better to get this out before the the primaries than it would be to get it out. Uh, uh, in June, closer to the election. Well, all the talking heads, all the talking heads say it benefits the Democrats more. Republican who is, is pro-choice, who knows? Benefits the Democrats more. Very likely a Democrat uh, on a staff, but one person and not off a party uh, orchestrated conspiracy like you make it sound. And uh, accusing the Democrats of using the abortion issue as a wedge issue that Republicans have been doing that for decades. Well, it's a, it's a wedge issue on both sides of the aisle. I agree with you. And and also the uh, the one issue voters might turn more toward being Democrat now than Republicans, so that might make a difference. Uh, the unfortunate thing is is to show how how uh, kabuki theater the whole confirmations were and how many people, how many of those people lied under oath about uh, their view. They, they didn't have any view on, uh, on uh, abortion. They hadn't considered it and started to say this was so important and blah, 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 blah. It was all junk. They were planning to do this as soon as they had the chance. Well, did you happen to hear uh, Katanji Jackson's reply to the questions about abortion? She was equally evasive, too. So, all right, you don't blame one without blaming the other. But, but I, I, she, didn't, she didn't specifically uh, blame. She, she, was saying, she was saying something a little different, I think. Unfortunately, legis the same to me. <laughs> unfortunately, legislators matter because they make they help to make the laws. Um, however, this issue of women choosing to the destiny of her own body um, is not a, a political issue. This is a human. This is an individual human rights issue. But it's wound up on the political platform. It, it is because we, we have they, we have to have make laws, I guess, to protect rights. Yeah. Well, this is the first, also the first uh, Supreme Court decision, assuming it's correct, which I, I think. People think, but might change, of course, is that uh, 
was the first one to take rights away from individuals. Where were the rights taken away? Where were the rights He's taken away from He's talking about the right for an abortion he's talking about. Oh, right. yep. It's, it's taking rights away from people, and that, that hasn't happened before. But on the other hand, you can make the argument that it's giving rights to the unborn. Well, the unborn doesn't have rights under the 14th Amendment. How do you know? It says it right in the 14th Amendment. It says Amendment. in the 14th Amendment that yep, no unborn children. It. it does not include unborn children. You can't opt in everything that's opted out. Uh, what, what is the exact wording there? I'm not familiar with it, all the 14th I, Amendment. I read it. It is. Are you familiar with it, Chris? Uh, not I'll not read it to you. No, I don't think it definitely doesn't mention any unborn children. I, okay, fair enough. Chris, we're out, all persons born we're out of time, Chris. All Thank you. All persons born Appreciate or naturalized. Born or naturalized. Okay. That's, well, we'll have to debate that tomorrow. Carrie, thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate you, you being here today. You're a good sport. We enjoyed having you here. Mark Lawrence and I'll be back tomorrow. And on the mark, WKOK, Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Thanks so much for listening.